So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Happy February. Man, January of 2021. We actually had a lot of things kind of change in the news. You know, we had a lot of fun podcasts that we went through. And from, you know, early November to mid-January, we had a lot of different things happen. We obviously have a, a new president now. We have a lot of changes happening very quickly because of that. We had the fiasco at the White House uh, before the, the new president came into office. And we had a lot of things kind of change in my mindset of what was going to happen tax-wise you guys will remember back in November and December, I was saying there wasn't going to be many changes under a Biden administration due to taxes because of the way that the Senate was split. Well, during January, we had a new election in Georgia. Now the Senate is kind of split 50-50, and it may be a much more interesting two years than I originally thought it was going to be. This podcast is one of those special ones that I do at the end of every month. And I go through and just share a couple minutes of every podcast that we interviewed in January and let you see if it might be one that you're going to want to go listen to next. So this will be a quick, you know, 30 minute podcast. You'll get to hear the best of each of the podcasts that we had during the month. And you'll decide there's one that you missed that you want to go back to. And if you're somebody that already listens to all of our podcasts, no matter what, this will be a great refresher. And maybe it'll help remind you of the one you want to go back and listen to again. Our first January podcast, January 7th, was episode 945, The House Hacking Realtor, Niching Down with Jordan Moorhead. Here you go. Where did you first hear about house hacking? I just had the idea a long time back that it was a good idea to live in one side of a duplex and rent the other, and maybe my mortgage expenses would be cheaper. I had really no clarity whatsoever when I started thinking about it, but it just sounded like a good idea to me. And then I ran into bigger pockets around 2014, started hearing that term house hacking, said, oh, this is something I have to do. And I kind of waited around too long, but it got started in 2016. Yeah, you know, getting started now, it's always, we could always start it sooner, but there, it's yeah. never too late to start. So you did the first house hack, you bought that, you rented out the rooms, you're very active in that. And then somewhere in that process, you said, maybe I should become an agent. What was the transition like when you became an agent? I didn't convert very many. I tried not to mix them so much, but I was able to learn how to sell. I was able to learn how to talk to people. I used to get so nervous talking to people, you know, before I got into the fitness industry, if I didn't know somebody, I couldn't talk to them. Yeah. But after talking to people all day, every day, I got used to it and I'm comfortable going up to anyone talking to him now. My first client was actually from bigger pockets. You know, I met a guy, he wanted to do what I was doing. I was house hacking a duplex in the same area of Minneapolis he wanted to be in. And we found a great deal. He made a great profit off it a year and a half later too. So, well, so break that down a little bit more for me. So new agent trying mm-hmm. to go find places to provide value where maybe people will see them. How would they do that through bigger pockets or from whatever whatever other online sources are out there. If, if, if you were going to say, hey, go do these three things and I bet mm-hmm. it'll start working, what would you tell them? 
For me, I've always just done what I know about. So with house hacking, I know how to house hack. I've been house hacking for years now. I'm still in a house hack here in Austin right now. Been doing it since 2016. I can say what worked for me, how I found value. By the time I got my license as an agent, I'd already been house hacking for almost a year. And I'd been making $500 a month to live in it. So I just spoke to that. I spoke to what I knew. I do it on social media. I do it on bigger pockets. I talk to whoever I can. I host meetups. I have a podcast. Really anywhere I can get it out. I'm on YouTube, bigger pockets, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even try to get out there and meet people as often as I can. And I'm just always out there trying to network, trying to meet people, trying to provide value to people that are interested in house hacking. I try to work with people that specifically want what I have and what I do. And I don't just go out there looking for random business. And I think that's always my first year I sold 24 houses, 23 of them were to house hackers, you know? So I think that's always been good for me is just to stick to my niche. Right. So if people go to hybendigital.com, they click on get the toolbox in there will be a copy of your house hacking ebook. What's in that? This talks all about house hacking and my journey with house hacking and really what that all looks like. So if you're an agent that wants to learn about house hacking and be able to help other people with that strategy, or maybe you want to get into house hacking yourself and then help other people with that strategy, definitely read some material about house hacking, learn and experience house hacking, and you can help people. You can have another great tool to help people save money and get started in real estate investing. All right, that was a couple minutes of episode 945 with Jordan Moorhead. He's talking about house hacking and niching into that to get investments. This next episode, episode 946, how to build and sell a real estate business in five years with Jay Borgana. If somebody's listening right now and they're getting ready to start their team or they have their team, but now they're thinking about, whoa, I never thought I could sell off my team or a portion of my team, right? Like you didn't sell hundred percent of your team, did you? Yeah, I sold 70%. Right, so you sold 70%. Like talk about getting risk off the table. You took a big paycheck, you still get 30% of that, you know, EBITDA, but now 70% is going to somebody else and that probably helps you grow or do whatever else you wanna do. So what are the steps of how to build a business to sell? Let me take a step back. So whether you wanna sell or not, I think it's a good process to go through because, you know, uh, there are books that have been written, built to sell, built to last. I think if you design your business to sell, you will last. The way you want to think about it is how do you build essentially a business in the box where that you can hand someone, whether you're there or not, if you get hit by a bus, that business is still growing. So it starts with systems. It starts with having a vision of what you want your consumer or your buyers and sellers to experience, and then mapping that experience for your agents or your employees and then having a process for that, having a process for client acquisition, having a process for client retention, and having a process for agent acquisition and agent re- retention. Any other like big advice you would give somebody when they're talking about you know, real estate in 2020 or things to focus on or just how to succeed as an agent? Well, I think there's a big shift right now in the, in, in the demographics of the clients that we work with. And there's a, a definitely a, a multiple shifts in terms of like the systems, the technologies and the way we do our business. So you definitely want to pay attention to those elements. You would definitely want to position your, your service offering, however it is, whether you're a single agent or a small team or a big team, you want to frame 
your offering to that target consumer and communicate with them in the way they want to be communicated to. COVID has exposed all that. You know, I mean, in real estate right now, 50% of the agents are doing really well. 50%, uh, you know, are just, you know, struggling. You know, that gap is, is essentially the, the between old world and new world. And it's just like the retailer, the, um, the brick and mortar retailer is struggling right now. The online retailers are doing really well. The uh, agents who have taken technology as a base uh, for them to do business and uh, dug deep into uh, understanding how the new clients or the consumer's behavior, the new consumer behavior uh, has changed, uh, have been successful and ha- we're able to take advantage of this uh, situation. We grew this year. And I mean, this last 12 months, we actually grew about 40%. Our business ha- has grown, even though our market has shrunk about 10%. You know, the number of transactions closed has been down 10% in our market, but our business and our team has, has grown about 40%. And just, just because we're positioned uh, more like, you know, an Amazon and less like Bed Bad Beyond or, or uh, a Big Lots. All right. And if you liked that one, if you like those two minutes, you're going to want to go back and listen to episode 946 with Jay Borgana. Next up, State of the Market 65. This was me talking about Biden's tax tax changes and what to expect. Last week, we had two big things happen, big political things happen that are going to impact a lot of what's going on for the next little while. So one was the Democrats won both Senate seats in Georgia. So my state of the market back in you know November and December said, "Hey, we're still going to have more sen- senator, more Republican senators than Democratic senators in the Senate, and so we won't see a whole bunch of change with tax policy." Well, now I'm wrong. So now the with, now it's kind of a split. It's a split 50-50. So now as ties happen, it's going to go to the vice president, which means a lot more of the Joe Biden policies that he had talked about that we thought would have a tough time making it through the Senate now have a much better chance of getting pushed through. So that was big news of the week of you know stuff in December that we thought were going to be tax policies that were not going to impact anybody in 2021 now are going to. So that was first big news. Down to the last article. This is another one on Forbes. It says eight ways the Biden tax plan could affect your real estate business. Again, this ties into the idea that last week the Senate changed hands a little bit. It became a 50-50 split, but when you have a 50-50 split on voting, the vice president can break that tie. And I believe the vice president is going to do uh, what Biden is hoping to have her do. So eight ways the Biden tax plan could affect your real estate business. I'm just going to go through these quickly, and I'm going to encourage you guys to go through and look at the articles. But Social Security payroll tax. Currently, employers and employees are taxed up to 12.4%. On 137,000 in, in wages, no taxes be, are due beyond that. There's a proposal for an additional Social Security tax for anyone making above 400,000 at a flat rate of 12.4%. So I think that can affect real estate in the higher point. But the, I mean, anytime taxes go up, there's a theory that uh, sales prices of things are going to come down. But it could also affect the way uh, that business owners modify their structures. The these got on here tax bracket for ordinary income. Limiting itemized deductions. I think this one's going to happen. The Biden plan proposed the reinstatement of the peace limitation of itemized deduction. Additionally, the tax plans to reduce the effective tax benefit of those deductions from 39.6 to 28%. That's a big change there. So 12% deduction for those earning more than 400,000 of adjusted gross income. The elimination of the peace limitation was a recent change. So it'll be, it says, so it might be a difficult to pass a reinstatement through Congress. We will see. Phasing out the QBI deduction. 
The deduction was implemented as part of the TCJA of 2017. Currently, if you have an S-Corp, you're allowed to pay yourself with a W-2. And because you're paying wages, you're able to deduct 20% qualified business income on their taxes. Under the Biden plan, the deduction would be eliminated for those with adjusted gross incomes over 400,000. So 400,000, you've got a 20% deduction there that's now getting taken away. That's $80,000 in extra tax, uh, at least income, not, not gross income basis that is taxable basis. Long-term capital gains, they're trying to eliminate or change. They're trying to change 1031 exchanges. Uh, they have a lower estate tax exemption and uh, you know, a lot of other things that will be happening, I think, with those as we look at what might happen with taxes. I think some of the biggest change we've talked about, they're going to try to do more affordable housing. There's benefit of that to real estate. There's benefit of that to real estate agents. There's opportunity to find that. They're going to try to create more affordable housing. They're trying, going to try to expand Section 8 programs out there. So there's opportunities for real estate agents and investors in that but they're also going to be changing the way the taxes are that won't necessarily affect the people that are buying one house, but it will impact the people that have, you know, repeat investor clients or having a niche for investor clients. I have to imagine it's going to change that a little bit. And the people that do represent investor clients right now are already struggling because when prices are trading at an all-time high, investors tend to wait. All right. Again, if you like that one, that was State of the Market 65. We talked about Biden's tax changes and everything else. Next up, episode 947. This was the second time I'd interviewed Trevor Mock, the, the founder and CEO of Carrot. We talked about search trends revealing hidden opportunities for real estate agents for 2021. There's a big dynamic that's happening right now where I was looking at the stat from Realtor.com the other day, and they were saying over the past four years, organic searches in Google uh, for real estate related uh, uh, searches has gone up 253%. And so not only do you have this COVID environment where it's driven a lot more people online to find the solutions, where maybe they're not be able, they're not out there able to network or talk to someone physically. So they're really, uh, it's spiking people to drive on, to go online. And then number two, you've got just the natural uh, evolution of more and more people adopting, just using the darn cell phone for researching everything. So we're kind of at this perfect storm right now where the internet, we all know it's something where we all go first, but we're at this perfect storm for real estate right now, uh, where a lot of people are hitting the web to look for answers to, to their questions. Yeah, the, the biggest shift that we that we've been driving, man, because uh, we're going, we're really going into an even more amplified credibility phase in 2021, is doing what I call the authority hub. You know, your website should not just be a website anymore. I think, especially agents, but investors too, will look at a website as well check the box. I've got the thing, you know, it's, it shows who I am and it's got a form to submit and there's properties up there. That's great. But we need to now pull back and say, this is my hub. Like Facebook's not my hub. Instagram's not my hub. Zillow's not my hub. This is my hub. And I control the whole conversation on this hub. I have my content, I have my videos, I have my testimonials. And so then yes, uh, anytime you would get really good reviews over on Facebook, bring those puppies over, over to your website, put them in your testimonials or reviews uh, page, find the best ones and put them you know, on a sidebar or in the middle of your homepage or whatever it is, but consistently curate your best reviews from wherever they're getting submitted and bring them towards that, that website or that authority hub. Yeah. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Rent Ready. And you've heard me talking about them lately. You heard them talking about the offers. I even interviewed Ryan Barone in episode 939. So you guys can go back and listen to that to learn more about Rent Ready. But here we go. Looking to streamline your rental property finances this year, tenant management can eat up a big part of your budget. 
So reducing turnover and avoiding costly vacancies can save you big bucks year over year. Keep a profitable cash flow with consistently occupied units when you use RentReady. With RentReady, all you need is one software to see expiring leases, list units, screen tenants, e-sign leases, track renter's insurance, send rent reminders, and collect rent online. RentReady can help you manage your tenants, increase retention, and keep business costs low. As part of a special deal, RentReady is offering our listeners a whole year of RentReady for one buck, right? That's what I'm always talking about. One buck, that's right, one dollar, but only if you use our code. So you have to use code ROCKSTAR and sign up for RentReady's annual plan at rentready.com. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. If you've got one house, five houses, or 10 houses, and you just want to check it out, I've gone and looked at it. You know, I have a lot of rentals that we own, and, and we were using five or six different software technologies. One to be able to list properties, one to be able to accept money, to create the lease in a different document. We use DocuSign for other things. We had all these different sources, but RentReady is doing it all for one. I recommend you go check it out. Yeah, we've seen on social media, there's a lot of people that are crushing social media from doing so many videos, from just picking it up and sharing and picking it up and talking. And we've had a lot of guests this year that have kind of talked about that to get people going. But something that you said that reminded me of when I did my last two home sales in, in Austin, right? So bought a new house, sold my old house. My agent's a great, a great friend of mine, but still on the day of closing, you know, he sends over this personalized video and it makes it really simple to show how quickly and easy you can record a video and send it to somebody. And that could even be a good opportunity for agents, right? When they're sending the video over and a couple links that says, if you wouldn't mind, send me a review here or here, or Hey, if you'd record a video review, that'd be even better. I mean, I, I think that there's just a conversation in that system. Do you know, does one work better than the other? Well, my, my default is always this, man, like always go for the best. So the video review is definitely going to be the best because you can then repurpose that in multiple ways. But Aaron, here's, here's the thing I'd love for people to think about the most as you're heading into 2021 is don't just think about uh, a testimonial as in, once again, I got the checkbox, I got the testimonial. Uh, dude, don't ask for testimonials. And here's, here's the reason why, Aaron, before I, I walk through my process, here's the reason why you never ask for testimonials. As soon as you do, nine and a half or 9.9 out of 10 of those people you're asking for testimonial are not on video every day. They're not comfortable recording videos of themselves and uploading them to websites and Facebook. Yeah. So what, what do they do? They put their testimonial face on and then they go, okay, yeah, I guess I'll do it. And pretty much everything that they tell you in that testimonial is going to be generic. It's not going to come from the heart. Uh, it's just going to be, they're going to say what they think you want to hear. And it's going to be like, Hey, it was great working with Aaron. And you know, he really served us well in the transaction close quick. Okay, awesome. And that's what most people's testimonials look like, but it's not the best stuff. Now, here's what I would do. I'd say, pleasure working with you, da, da, da. You mind if I get some feedback from me? Because we're always looking at, at improving the way that we serve our clients. And um, you mind if I get some feedback from me? Just ask a couple questions. They're always going to say yes to that. Okay. Half the people might say no to a testimonial, but they're always going to say yes to giving you feedback. And so then they'd say yes. You go, okay, amazing. Um, what was it? You know, was there anything about the service to kind of surprise you in a good way? Oftentimes they'll say, you know what? Uh, I was really, really pleased in how fast this sold, or I really didn't think it was going to sell for as much as it did or whatever it was. And you can continue to ask questions there and then ask the questions of ask the journey. Okay. How did they hear about you? Why did they choose you? Was there anything that they were hesitant of in choosing to work with you um, that they overcame? You know, how do you feel? Uh, were we able to solve this problem for you the way that you hope they're going to tell you? And then you go, man, that was so good. I, I've got some notes here. There's a lot of people that are, are weighing the same option that you weighed. 
on who to work with. And if they had the same information, it'd be really, really helpful and it helped them to have an amazing experience. We want to help more people here locally. So they're not working with providers that are just not doing a good job. Would you be comfortable if we recorded kind of what you just said on a short video? And then we can just share that with other people that are looking to make the option. Almost all of them are going to say yes now because it's not the testimonial face. It's, it's straight up. And, and here's the thing, Aaron, you coached them through what to say already. They already know what to say because you, they just said it all. Okay. Yeah. Now you already know exactly what they're going to say because they already said it all. And you can coach them on that. And you can say, cool, I'm just going to pull up my camera. And I'm going to ask you a few of those same questions I just asked you and just you know, give a similar answer. Um, and that'll be perfect. That sound good. You're going to get the best testimonials. And then you're, you never have to ask for never, another testimonial ever again. Ask for feedback. Ask for their journey. Ask for why they chose you. What other options they weighed. Why they ended up working with you. Is there anything they're nervous about? And the reason I'm saying this, Aaron, is you want all of the objections that are going through the mind of someone that's choosing uh, this, uh, deciding to choose you or someone else right now. You want to know what objections did they have that they overcame to work with you? Because you want to pull those objections out of the testimonial and that's what needs to get posted. All right, if you liked my talk with Trevor, you want to go hear the rest. That was episode 947. Next up, episode 948. The, it says, are you ready for 2021's Red Hot Real Estate with Kyle Renke? I talk about now that my team does so good working from home, but if they hadn't been trained in an office first, I worry that they wouldn't have gotten the skills. And there's probably agents right now that are apprehensive of starting because they're like, hey, I'm going to have to start from home. Can I be my own boss from home? What was that like? What, what, were, what were some tips that made it work and what were some things that made it difficult? Yeah, it was definitely a transition at first to being able to to work at home. And I think this is something everybody's had to adjust to. But especially when you're moving into a new career, you're trying to establish new habits and you're trying to make sure you're doing really well at what you're doing. And so, um, and then obviously you've got kids at home and homeschooling. So it was definitely an adjustment. The first thing we had to do was we had to just warden off a certain portion of my office and say, this is exactly my area. Um, and I have to come here and this is a work area and that's all it's for. And then, um, especially with kids, the biggest thing that, that we did was I would wake up earlier before the kids and that's where I can get most of my work done distraction free. And then from there, it's been a little bit more easy and, a um, little bit, yeah, a little bit easier to attain that way for sure. Yeah. What are some tips for doing your, you know, PowerPoint online listing presentation and what are some tips for virtual showings? I think the key is number one, you really have to know who your audience is, who your client is. So for us and the buyers that we work with uh, and and they're coming from the Bay Area, I kind of know what they're looking for, right? From a general perspective, because a lot of them are looking for the same thing. And I know what they're looking for in an agent. They're looking for somebody who they can trust. They're looking for somebody who has really good market expertise. They're looking for somebody who knows about the areas that we would consider the path of progress. And they're really leaning on us for that information. And so that's a huge part of, of getting to know who they are. And they want to know somebody that can help them you know, run the numbers and, and analyze properties. But the other side too is, is sort of being a coach, right? And so being a coach is getting to know them and what their goals are, understanding what their why is. And so um, that's a big part of, of these Zoom presentations is really 
my job is not to talk and, and sell them anything. My job is to really get to know their goals, figure out what their driving motivating factors are, and then help them reach their goal based on what the, what they want to help them you know, reach it. So that's, that's a big part in terms of just getting to know them and what makes them tick and then helping them reach those goals. What's your number one piece of advice for real estate agents to succeed in today's market? I, I would say the, the number one piece of advice is you have to be adaptable. You have to be able to pivot and move fast. Um, in and, and that's true with any entrepreneurial endeavor, but uh, especially right now in a COVID-related world and in, in, in real estate, had I come in with the fixed mindset of, okay, all I have to do is come into my broker's office and sit and learn and everything will come to me, I would, be, I would not have been at the place of where I'm at today with relative success. And so I had to quickly think and, and take action on these are the items that I have to focus on in my life. I have to focus on, you know, at first it was getting those clients through the escrow, but then secondly, it was, okay, how can I help new people in this world? And so that's a big part is just understanding where you're at and being able to move quickly and move fast. Okay. If you liked that one, again, that was episode 948 with Kyle Renke. Next up, episode 949, today's best real estate lead sources with Kirby Schofield. If a new agent, somebody's been around for maybe six months to a year, and they've been door knocking and kind of doing, they've been getting leads and getting them other ways, and they're ready to start investing in something like this, they're going to actually go bigger and say, hey, I'm going to spend a couple thousand a month on something like that. What advice would you give them? Meaning, I've, I've seen people spend 2000 bucks on mailers, not get any phone calls, and so yeah. stop doing mailers which is understandable because it's really discouraging. You spend a few thousand dollars and nothing happens. So what would you, what advice would you give somebody for that? If your market has Zillow or Opsity available because they're bottom of, fun- bottom of funnel, buy into there as long as they have market share. It's expensive per lead, but the ROI is better because you need, if, if you're newer, you're going to need money now. Us, we have such a pipeline. When I'm buying leads now, I'm not betting on them. I'm betting 10% or less of them maybe in the next year, but everything else is a long-term play and with building my agent's pipelines. But if you're brand new, I'd say if they have Zillow and uh, OpCities out there, Realtor, grab those. Otherwise, uh, Ylopo. I don't, like I tried a whole bunch of other different Facebook products and Google products. It it was kind of like the mailers. It's just money thrown out the door. The thing about, why Lopo is a, the remarketing is like number one, how it, it keeps you front in mind and then making sure you have a good CRM. So they're really good integrated with uh, follow boss, lion's desk or firepoint Sierra interactive chime. We like follow up boss ourselves. That's what I like with the integrations. Really cool stuff. So you talked about a whole bunch of different CRMs that you use. You, you prefer follow up boss. And if someone was going to sign up, look for a CRM, what advice would you give them for follow up boss or any others? What should they look for? Okay. So yeah, that's when they, when lead hits, you always have to have uh, we call them action plans and follow up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling does the automated emails already built off of days. Once we have been in contact with the client, it changes the stage. We go to a nurture and that's when we're just working off why priority alerts when they're doing something on the site. When you're first chasing them, it's all automated. Uh, Sierra interactive, uh, Robbie T 
is uh, one of the professors is a hatch coaching. He um, he's huge Sierra Interactive. They just did their integration fully with uh, Ylopo, and theirs is cool because it has automatic texting too. So you can automate the full the same way as email with Follow Boss. You can do texting. Follow Boss I like more for the integrations with everything Mailchimp, Call Action, all those different products. And then if you're gonna first choose one, I'd say if you're a team. Either of those two, if I'm a brand new database or you're building your first database, like if you were a person who was in the club, restaurant, whatever industry, and you have that client list, you can actually, like in Fallout Boss, go in there, you can retarget them. I, I did this for uh, Remind is a uh, like a farming software that they give us free with our uh, membership here in Vegas. So I put 10,000 people into that, did not email them, did not call them you can't tcpa wiles but we started retargeting them now i've cleaned it out but i spent the retargeting for it's about 1200 for three to four months and we got 500 people now that are in our database from that that clicked from doing the retargeting from the mining okay that was episode 949 with kirby schofield the last sample we've got for you is state of the market 66 where me and ari rostigar talked about the real estate market essentially commercial and what's been changing with covid this whole pandemic, you know, certainly for us is operated in an area of like not knowing you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> like yeah. it's so far on the, in the blind side, but it has created enormous opportunity. I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, we've been very active buyers throughout this entire pandemic. I really believe, you know, people are going to come back to the office. I mean, Jamie Dimon, CEO JP Morgan was talking about how productivity really has plummeted in a lot of ways since people have been working at home. And, you know, I know that you're the father of four, I'm the father of three and managing the, you know, the Zoom meetings and the school and, you know, our, you know, our eight-year-old is back in school, but it's been a, a very difficult time. But us as humans, like we're very tribal beings, like working together, breaking bread together, the brainstorming, whiteboarding. So I'm very much of the belief that, you know, that office is going to have a major, major recovery um, because people want to be at work. They want to be back in that setting. They, they want to be sitting, be sitting at home and I think people really have Zoom fatigue. I mean, even the CEO of Zoom the other day said he's sick yeah. of Zoom. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I was like, you just paid, you know, however many billions of dollars and you're sick of Zoom meetings. I know I certainly, I love the human inter- interaction and just being, you know, being in front of people, talking with them and being able to share those exchanges. You think retail comes back before hospitality, like hotels or, or about the same time or any that's, idea? That's a really difficult question. I think hotels come back first. I mean, I, if I had to pick one, but I think they're very connected. They're, I mean, it's the, the, they will almost, it'll almost be in tandem, but hotels as a general rule, you know, have to do with travel. Okay. Like people are traveling to this other location and retail as a general rule is, is localized in a lot of ways. So depending on what that local government is doing, what that local municipality is doing, look, if Biden and he has all my prayers and all my hopes gets those 200 million vaccines out, you know, by the end of the summer and they're able to achieve that plan. I mean, you're going to watch a recovery happen that is much, much quicker than people are anticipating. I think there is, you have to handicap that statement with the mental trauma that people have gone through, which I think is going to take a lot of time 
you know, for people to get comfortable again, not wearing their masks or touching hands, being in those. So you have a whole, you know, microcosm of people that even with the vaccines are still going to have, you know, live in that fear state. But the vast majority of people will get back on the road again. You know, this pent up, there's so much pent up demand. Like, for example, our kids ask us all the time, when are we going to Disneyland? We always go to Disneyland or Disney World once a year. You know, we always you know, have a little trip. And so people have been waiting and waiting. So once that vaccine hits, I think you're going to see an explosion of travel back to these retail destinations, to the Disney World, the Disneylands or the beaches, the vacations, because people are just dying to get out of the house. And, you know, business people are dying to go see their clients and take them out and go to dinners and wanting to have human interaction again. So I think it's going to create a big boom once people feel safe again. All right, real estate rock stars. That is the last sample of January's podcast. That last bit was from State of the Market 66 with Ari Rastigar. The you know, real estate rock stars, thank you so much for always listening and always tuning back in as we try to continue to, to bring you value. Our promise to you is we're going to bring in great real estate agents that are going to teach you their tricks and tactics they've used to become super successful. We're going to scour the internet for real estate news, and we're going to try to take it and make it applicable for you. So you don't have to spend all of your time looking for real estate news. We're going to tell you what to be looking for. So real estate rock stars, thank you again for listening. If there were any of the episodes today that you liked, please go back and listen to them again. If you love what you're hearing or you hate what you're hearing, go leave us a review so we get to know what we can do better and what we're doing great. And thank you for listening. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I wanna make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at aaronamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.